hey, Nate, what are you doing? Stretching. Limbering up. Okay. Any particular reason why? Oh, yeah. yeah. See those over there? Those, like, little mouse droid maze-looking things? No, dude. Those are baby gates. Baby gates? Okay. Yeah, like, like you keep the baby from, from getting around, but I am just short enough that it's it's a bit of a, a, a stretch, so to speak, to get me over the baby gate. Uh, I, I'm going to pull something if I don't limber up <laughs> every day. Yeah, getting old sucks. Enjoy your stay. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, Funny Cloud. Don't get excited. Welcome back, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino. I'm your host and administrator of this facility, Michael Morris, and the other host. Nathan P. Butler, who's getting really old. <laughs> yes, I am. O- <laughs> old before my time. Uh, hey, folks. Uh, yes, little baby Cade is with us again this time, although at the moment, kind of quiet, chilling and watching some Paw Patrol, so so that's okay. And playing with his bear, which which has a Star Wars theme by accident. Yeah, your little bear. Um, we, we went to a Chicago Blackhawks game, uh, for our anniversary up in Nashville to watch them, you know, lose their last game of the season. And, uh, in doing so, we brought him back a little camouflage stuffed bear from their little gift shop at the hotel that says hugs from Nashville on the shirt. So we figured, well, he's from Nashville. So hugs must be his name and he's camouflaged. So yes, we have our own general hugs. Yeah, I'll hold. All right. Well, that's been our show, everybody. So uh, go ahead and you can reach us at. <laughs> hey, I like the last Jedi. I like the reference. Okay. Well, that makes one person exactly. Um, not not us. I just mean in the world. So. Oh well, you know, to speak for everyone. I you know I actually just recently uh, received that that power. I got a key to the city as well although i've not found the lock that it works i don't know how all this stuff works but lando goes off to hang with ray and them and you get the keys awesome this is going to turn out great yeah yep so uh i'll tell you what i do know how it works star wars celebration and the answer to that is sometimes awesome and sometimes not well at all so so I hear, though, <laughs> though, let me ask, because I didn't go to this one. Uh-huh. Um, we went to Orlando, and Orlando was, you know, a, a bit of a, a mess at times, and we've talked about that before. I'm curious, though, I'm hearing that because of the lottery system, which granted I'm hearing didn't work great, um, that at least because of the lottery system, you didn't have the issue quite as much with the massive lines or not being able to get into a major panel unless you spent the entire night before that panel um, at the venue, you know, just kind of camped out and whatnot. So from a logistics standpoint in general, not necessarily for what we're going to talk about game wise, but just in general, as far as getting into the big panels and such, was this a better experience than Orlando? So for me, it was. But that's because I, you know, won a lottery for the panels I actually wanted to go to. Um, Which were? Uh, so so I, 
I actually um, won, you know, or, or was selected or however you want to say it for the now, as we know it, uh, the Rise of Skywalker panel and for the Mandalorian panel. Which I mean, dang, that's yeah. like a jackpot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and on top of that, I um, actually got selected for Hasbro as well. So, dang, you know, pretty so, much yeah, all so the stuff good. I really and, wanted. <laughs> and um, you guys got into—I don't know if it was—it was lottery based, but you guys got into the Vader Immortal one too, didn't you? Yes, uh, we got into that as well, but that was not lottery based. Oh, okay, wow. So, yeah. so the lines and stuff—not as much. It's just a question of, from what I'm hearing, it's just a question of the lottery system tending to give multiple panel entries to a lot of people and then some people just getting nothing. So it was more a question of, of equity and spreading it out. But from a logistic standpoint of actually handling the lines and the weights and stuff like that, it worked. It just needs to be refined. Uh, one second. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, there was more to it than that. You know, there, there were a lot of mistakes with it. That's why, uh, and, and, my understanding is that it wasn't meant to happen the way that it happened. The The goal was to let everybody know the lottery results a week ahead of time, which would have been smart because if say you're not going to make it into the Mandalorian or, uh, you know, the episode nine panel, then you've got a week to make peace with that. Right. But instead everybody finds out the day before, which, oh. yeah, which is not, Great, because there it seemed like the first day there was a lot of people who were kind of salty about it, and I can't say I blame them. You know, had I been oh yeah in their shoes, I probably would have been frustrated too. What was it based on? Like, so you you mentioned the idea that you know you could have been for any panel. So is it based on the day that you had a ticket for, or was it literally everybody in the same pool? So somebody who's maybe only attending. Saturday might have gotten a panel for Friday that they wouldn't have been able to go to, but now that slot's taken by them instead of someone else. So you, know you had to actually logistics... sign up. So I'm sorry. You, you have to actually sign up for the panels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So you've cho- you've signed up for the ones you wanted, then the lottery picked from those who signed up. Gotcha. Right. That that makes a lot more sense than just making it sort of a as soon as you register for the convention, even if it's by day, determining which one. That's cool. That's right. cool. I mean, it, it sounds better than. You know, this the setup in Orlando. Here's hoping that that it gets refined to a point where it's a little more more workable later. So well, I mean, um, because legitimately, if they would have done that, someone would have died. Um like the because the thing was um It's Chicago? Oh, well, wait, no, sorry. no, no. It's not that I, I mean I <laughs> you, mean you open the door, my friend. Go ahead. I, I don't mean someone would have been shot. I mean that someone <laughs> would have like died of uh like hypothermia or something you know oh like, yeah because it did it's it you got hit with the winter storm up there didn't you yeah it was great <laughs> it was so great everybody well, else I don't is, know, you coming from georgia exactly that actually be something we're like oh exactly. my god I got to see snow. oh my god everybody's I, like oh man like yeah but it's real rough you know with this and i'm like are you kidding me I'm like, <laughs> in fact, my I, I apologize if this offends anyone, but this was what I told everybody. Every time they're like, they were so surprised. I said, listen, I said, I had an hour and a half plane flight, right? When I got on the plane that morning, I was sweating, uh, mm-hmm. partially due to uh, anxiety. Um, I hate Atlanta. And um, I, I was pretty much having panic attacks until I finally sat down on the plane. Yes, I'm aware of the... 
how odd that is of you know because people were like yeah usually um you don't you know people don't stop panicking once they get on the plane that's when they kind of start panicking more and i'm like you haven't seen atlanta traffic yeah. in airport logistics before <laughs> exactly i'm like Good lord yeah i'm like yeah but the plane is fine i'm not afraid of flying i'm afraid of trying to do anything in atlanta <laughs> so yeah finally, finally got on the plane and i'm sw- you know because like i said i'm stressing out um and then of course the um the the actual climate isn't great and and like i said earlier my my description of it was job of the hut's taint um that was oh. roughly <laughs> that was uh roughly the 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 temperatures that morning and then you know i fly for an hour and a half hop off and it's like around like 30 degrees or something i'm like this is different and i kind of yes. like it <laughs> Nice. Yeah, coming from Indiana uh, and moving partially to get away from that kind of weather, I was looking at it like, oh, that would have sucked. But, you know, I don't know. Sweltering isn't necessarily a whole lot better. Um, You know, it falls into the whole thing in Indiana where they say, well, at least if it's cold, you know, you can put more layers on. What you going to do, strip off your skin if it's too hot? Um, So, wow. Yeah, Yeah, it's nice to know that, you know, it gave you a nice Hoth-like experience right Um, and i mean you know we didn't we didn't stay out and i mean it it did get really cold at times but mm -hmm. you know um go inside (laughs) so so i thought you were gonna say that someone would have died not from hypothermia but because of fighting over who got into the panels or something or in the lines um but the stress level would have just been so high but it's good to know that you were you were thinking in terms of the elements rather than fans uh, fan on fan violence yeah i mean like I mean, even at like um, uh, Orlando, you know, people were, you know, the fans at least were were pretty cool. Um, uh, now, I mean, you will have some people cut or whatever, but it's not like anyone's, you know, no one's punching people over it. Um, that's only the uh, the security staff down there that that does that. But anyhow, um, you know, it's a uh, yeah, that's fine. I, I think the only real issue was. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it just kind of stunk for people who didn't get in. Now, there's another element too. Um, I don't know if they did it the first day or not. I heard that they were, but I never followed up on it or whatever. But so essentially once they do the panels and everything or do the, the lottery, it seemed like they were doing overflow so that if you didn't have it, you could then go in. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that was the case or not for the first day. I do know there was a lot of. Um, I don't want to say a lot, but there was a good number uh, of empty seats. Like they probably could have fit another hundred or two hundred people in there to to watch the uh, the celebration nine panel, right? Um, I do know that on at least the the day of the Phantom Menace, they were not letting overflow in at all. And which, you know, kind of annoying because that that was on Monday and it's like, dude, I know that there was a lot of people who, mm-hmm. you know, were like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go to this, but looks like I can't because it's on Monday and I'm flying out on Monday. So I knew that it wasn't going to be that packed. Granted, it was actually there's actually a lot of people in that panel. 
Um, and fortunately, uh, we were able to get seats just from people who had extra tickets, you know, or extra QR codes. So we were able to do it that way. Um, they also <laughs> said uh, early on, because, of course, people were freaking out that didn't get the uh, the episode nine uh, QR codes The you know, that's what the, the lottery sends to you. And so there were people selling them on eBay, and now I don't know if they sold for this, but I can tell you they at least listed for $400. That is ridiculous. Then again, we will see some eBay action here in a little bit as well. <laughs> right. Um, now, I will say that I, I was impressed looking at – talking about just the, the, the fans not beating each other up over things and not you know getting, getting testy in lines – a um, lot was made about the the response to Kelly Marie Tran and the response to Ahmed Best um, at Celebration as sort of a, uh, a a prime example of, but just in general, a, a highlight of a bigger convention that was an example of essentially sort of the best in fandom. The Star Wars fans who are still Star Wars fans, who are Star Wars fans who are not fans in name and do nothing but go toxic and rip up whatever they can of current Star Wars. Um that it was actually a very good atmosphere and helped to dispel some of the stereotype now of the, you know, Star Wars fandom is all toxic. It's one of the most toxic out there, blah, 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 kind of kind of thing. So it's good to hear that um, having had the opportunity to be at the, the previous one and not really seeing a lot of that, but not really seeing like an outpouring of positivity where there was negativity before. Um, but seeing that with Kelly Marie Tran, seeing that with I'm at Best, um, I know part of it is probably a reaction to how the crowd knew about what they went through because of toxic fans. Um, but still, that was kind of a heartening thing, it seemed like to me. Um, so it's good to hear that the atmosphere was still, you know, still cordial, still good. Um, though it stinks about the uh, the cues leaving extra space um, that sometimes didn't get used. Um, so let's dive into um, some of the stuff from the con that you wanted to talk about. I'm more taking your lead here since I was not there, though I really am interested uh, in hearing a bit about uh, Vader the Immortal later, because I think it, or Vader Immortal, which is going to probably get me to buy uh, an Oculus, whatever it's called, not Go, uh, Oculus, the sta- the standalone Oculus. Oh, well, um, we'll see. Uh, do you know, do you want to just jump into that real quick i know probably even though we are more gaming probably more people are interested in hearing just some of the the you know um thoughts and stuff on on things as a whole um, probably, probably i just i'm just uh, my my plan is to get an oculus quest mainly for this so uh, just curious, does, it, does it look like it's is it you playing against vader are you playing as vader just little tidbit is it you know does it seem like it's worthwhile or, or is this like a because at some VR games, the argument is that it might as well not even be a game. It's just mm-hmm. a VR experience where you're not really getting to do much. Did it seem like it was something that might be a system seller and worth actually, you know, spending the cash on? Uh, for okay, look for me, no. But I, I do really need to preface something. This panel was immediately following the episode nine panel. Oh, so you were your mind was already racing with other stuff, and you were kind of coming down from the high of yeah. Nine. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know that they could have, um, you know, like like I, I I don't I don't know if it's a matter of um, 
that I just, it wasn't going to get me excited. Like there was just too much stuff that, cause that's like, that's the thing, dude. When, um, when you hear Palpatine laughing, my brain melted, like just straight up melted. <laughs> no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I had to find something. Um, right, right, right. No, I, 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 I can see that. I mean, I'm even watching it at home, and I'm like, whoa. In fact, we <coughs> the trailer premiered, or the teaser premiered. I'm sitting there waiting for it, and waiting for it, and waiting for it. And and 30 seconds into it, that's when the doorbell rings saying, hey, we're here to shut off one internet service for you and switch it out for this other one. It's because we had our thing scheduled that day to switch internet per, uh, internet oh, service types. So we wound up like... Like I'm yelling to my wife, make sure it's pulled up on your phone. Don't go to the Wi-Fi. No. And of course, we're seeing it. We're all psyched. We can't exactly be all super psyched because here's this stranger walking around messing with our internet connection. We're like, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not a big old dork. He's like, dude, I just saw it in your office. Yeah. We'll oh. squeal later. Oh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so, okay, so. So yeah, so and more. I'm just curious about. I'm waiting to see more about it, but uh, I think it's got. I think it's got the quest on my. I mean, on my radar. You know me. I love the VR stuff, even though I almost never get to actually, you know, do anything with it anymore right. these days. So. So um, now I'll say this, um, Sean Keen, who uh, we we hang out with him every year. He's actually a writer for CNET. He actually was able to go and get uh like actually check it out do like a full um thing with everything like like actually play the game um and he he seemed really excited about it seemed like he really enjoyed it so okay you know uh, like i i might feel differently if i played it and if i wasn't trying to absorb this information while still trying to absorb some of the episode nine stuff, you know, like, um, I will say they also gave us posters, um, which, you know, look like they were, they were pretty cool posters. I liked mine. Um, and then also let's see. So this is going to be, I think they're calling it like episode one. Hold on. Let me check the poster and I can, I can tell you for sure. Right. Yeah. That it's going to be the beginning of a series. It's going to be installments kind of. Yeah. Games as a service. Well, I mean, you know, and, and it's I'm fine with that if you know, as long as you're like, as long as you agree to say like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna get like a certain amount of it, and you know, I know that I'm what I'm gonna be getting, and I'll pay X amount for it, and then they'll add a little more to it. I'm fine with. It. I mean, like I know the the big mm -hmm. one was, uh, oh goodness, what was the, what was the other one? Um, uh, the, like the Walking Dead series, remember that? Yeah, the Telltale series for Walking right. Dead. That's yeah. that's kind of how yeah. they did that. Well, my my fear would be, and and thankfully this is Star Wars, so I don't think the fear would be realized. But my concern would be um, the unfinished tale. Like uh, one of the first PlayStation VR games that was released is Loading Human Chapter One. There will never be a Loading Human Chapter Two mm -hmm. uh, because it didn't sell well enough. Star Wars should have enough of a name to keep it going so that it's more like the Walking Dead Telltale series or the Batman Telltale series where I'd be able to keep that audience going from installment to installment. Um, but yeah, that's always a concern if you're going to have a, have a story-based game that's doled out a chunk at a time. Although, I mean, you know, it makes the price of entry for one installment a little bit 
you know, more manageable for those who aren't quite sure about it, which I can see being a thing. I can see that being helpful. Yeah. I just wish it was more multi-platform, uh, or at least would be on PlayStation VR, so I wouldn't have to buy a Quest. But right, right. apparently not so much. I just it's better than buying a new computer that can run a Rift or a Vive, so I guess that's a good thing. Well, tell me this, like how much uh how much is a Quest? Uh the standalone unit, which is what the Oculus Quest is, um it's basically a higher end portable self-contained don't need a computer VR set uh is 400 when it comes out. Although they've only given us a time of year, they haven't actually given us an actual release date yet, so I'm sitting back here like please do it when I got money. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's the big thing. It's just such a huge barrier for entry, I think, and especially with so few games that that you want to play with them like I don't want to spend $400 just to play the Star Wars game. You know, well, like there's a, there's a pretty decent library out there now of VR games. The problem is that it's a lot like the Wii early on, right? right? Where you've got some real gems, but there's all kinds of shovelware around it where it's just there for the cash grab and it's not going to give you, you know, a solid experience. It's kind of like, um, I mean, what, what we try you out on first, the, the Batman thing, right? Right. Um, right. So it's just kind of one of those things where you've got to have the right experiences to pull you in. And one or two bad experiences early on can turn you off to 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 purchasing the system, to purchasing uh, more games. It's kind of one of those things where I think more than a regular console, the first experiences have got to be good. Otherwise, you're going to give up on it much more easily because it feels like it's not it, but it feels like a gimmick. I mean, it is a full blown different experience and it fundamentally transformed mine, as I've said, Um but it is a very different experience that to someone who hasn't tried it or had some good experiences with it, it's going to feel gimmicky. It's like, is this that – didn't you have that Victor Max Stuntmaster years ago where it basically was the Super Nintendo close to your face and as you turned it, it, it rotated your view because it had something clipped to your shirt? Isn't that virtual reality? No, but yes, I did have one of those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's just – it's, it's going to feel like a gimmick until somebody actually – dives into it. That's why I'm hoping that Vader Immortal is going to be awesome. Because we had the Battlefront VR experience with that one mission where you could fly uh, escort for the ship carrying Jin to Yavin 4. And uh-huh. it was a great experience. Um, but that was it. And we've got stuff close. Like raw data lets you use sort of a space ninja with a laser sword type of thing, which is which feels like you're wielding a lightsaber. But but generally speaking, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to do a, a fully immersive Star Wars type experience. I would say for someone who is a a, a sci fi geek as we are, as I am, um, I something like say, Star I'm Trek Bridge geek. Crew. <laughs> yeah, for some people, Star Trek Bridge Crew is the killer app. For some people, it's Resident Evil Seven. But something that just hits you because if if your first experience is I don't know the Barrows or something. Then you're gonna be like, why am I going to? Why are you asking me to spend money on this crap? <laughs> Not just the game, but the headwear uh, itself. That's the quest, especially though. I mean, I know it's a high barrier of entry at four hundred dollars because that's like going and buying a console. Uh, actually, more than buying a console. But I would say that it's also an incredibly cheap alternative because you don't have to have PSVR and a console or a Rift or Vive. And a powerful computer. It is standalone, which makes it probably the most affordable option for someone who doesn't already have the console or rig to be able to use VR. So, you know, maybe maybe it's the opposite of of 
what we're thinking in terms of price barrier. We'll just have to have to see. I mean, we don't know how it's going to sell because they still haven't put it on the shelves yet. Right. Right. I, I'm I'm just talking about for me. You know what I mean? Like, I get that for someone else, but I don't know. I, I it's because I think that like realistically, I do think it's still kind of gimmicky. You know, like the um, the you know the the 3D or, or VR. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's still kind of gimmicky. It's it's still sort of secondary, right? So I feel like you know at least with the other stuff, like oh, this is something you can kind of add on to it or whatever. I don't know. Look, point is that that episode nine trailer was really cool, and I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay grand uh, so um other game stuff and other stuff from celebration i know we we went more into the weeds on that than i expected to because i just wanted to know if it was cool well so i mean look here's the thing there's some things about it i like for instance the droid... you're continuing to go into the weeds aren't you well no i mean we're talking we're talking about the game <laughs> right this is we're, this okay. is vader immortal so um you know the main thing was that they're like okay you've got your little droid friend or whatever and which this is something that I've noticed just in general, that it seems like I don't know. This is gonna sound super negative, but almost like they sort of run out of ideas for droid personalities. Um, in the way that, like to me, Bucket from Resistance seems like bootleg Chopper. Does that make sense? He's kind of bootleg everything, but yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, he's well, like Bucket doesn't have much of a personality to begin with, though. But I, I, I get what you're saying. Most right. of them have an archetype to them, much more so than many of the the non-droid characters. Yeah. Yeah. So, like this one, very much feel, feels like a, a L three three seven. Like she's supposed to be this sassy droid, or whatever. And I'm like, eh. I mean, like I, I liked L three three seven, but do I need another one of her? Um, and on top of that, another thing that that I didn't care for, and realistically, this is probably the thing that I, that like everything else was around it, where it's like, oh, I'm just justifying, even though it's really this one thing. She doesn't have legs, um, so she imagine like if if I remember correctly, she she looks like um, a protocol droid, but with like a I don't remember what kind it was, but EV ninety nine. Uh, do you remember like what EV99's head looked yeah. like? Okay, so Do I remember what I wanna slap you. Yes, of I'm course. just just trying to So anyhow, um <laughs> but she has no legs. And I'm like, that's weird. Like that's a weird decision, I think. You know, like I could understand if it was a different kind of droid, but I f I feel like they're just like, well, we were making the protocol droid and it was one of two things. Either A, we just flat out ran out of money. Or B, we just didn't feel like doing the, the animation for the, the leg movement. And, and that's probably what it was. Just, you know, it's so much easier to have something float around rather than to actually do the leg movements and, and make it realistic at all times. Um, so that really kind of bummed me out. Like, am I, do, do, you, do you get where I'm coming from or do you think that I'm just being nitpicky? I mean, it's 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 a, it's a taste thing more than anything else, you know. Um, at least it seems like to me what you what you expect, what you want to see. I'm just, um, I, I'm one who's kind of up for whatever as long as it winds up being, you know, a good general experience. But yeah. you know, I, I'm just, sure there'll be things that once I play it, I will find 
you know, yeah. to nitpick about anyway. It's like just I, said, I just, I have no problem with a, a, a floating droid, right? Like, I don't. It's just when it looks like the droid, like its complete design does not look like a floating droid design. It just it right. doesn't. And like I said, it just makes me think that they just sort of cheaped out on it. So. They they were inspired by Mister. Do you remember what EV ninety nine was like? They were inspired by Impatagios brand. How's that for a Dark Empire reference there? Eh? Uh, I'm I'm impressed. Do you remember Impatagios brand? Um, no, because I don't remember much from. Aren't that. as much of a geek. I know. Oh oh. <laughs> That is <laughs> all right. That is cool. Oh, I, I meant that to be insulting to me, not to you. Wait a second. Oh, oh, I don't even know anymore. Look, <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> so anyhow, um, actually, you know what? I'm just gonna throw this out there. I actually kind of liked uh, Dark Empire. I, I know that that's one that uh, has gotten. Well, I guess this was Dark Empire 2 when he showed up. Oh, and then Dark Empire 3 slash Empire's End is when things went. Went kind of wacky. You know, the guy that had no legs is like floating around and he was, he had like the big, like space floating city thing. No, I don't, I don't yeah, think I, I, I don't, I don't think I got that far. I, the, I liked the first one. Oh, yeah. The first one was really good. Dark Empire 2 and, and Empire yeah. 2 were kind of. We, well, yeah. There we go. Now we're on the same page. So, <laughs> anyhow, so with that, yeah, it's probably going to be fine. Now, the one thing I do like about it, um, that droid. Um, is actually going to be voiced by Maya Rudolph, and I really like her. So that that's cool, at least. So that's neat. Yeah, and and they were actually telling a story about how like they put her, um, you know, they let her try the game out. She's like, well, you know, I want to see, you know, what the game's like if I'm going to be in it or whatever. And they said that you know she's basically you're you're like in a dark room, and then Vader just kind of just steps up on you and like ignites his lightsaber, and she's just like, nope, I want out. I want out. <laughs> and so she's like trying to take it off and everything. So, you know, yeah, I, I get it. That could be super intimidating. Um, another thing about it that's kind of cool is that um, they said that it, they actually make sure to get your height so that you are like your height is actually to what Vader's height would be, if that makes sense. Like, so if, if say, for instance, you're like four foot nine, you know, the invaders just going to completely tower over you. But if you're like Yona Sotamo, then you're going to be like, ha, I see the top of your head, boy. Yeah, but that's not necessarily anything new for VR. I mean, that's kind of standard for VR unless you have height adjustment options built in. So cool, but innovative, not in the least. So, OK, so so in all like all the games, like if you're playing the Batman game or whatever and you're looking at and you're just like a giant mountain of a man or woman and you're looking at like um, like Killer Croc, then you're just gonna be like, ha ha ha! I'm bigger than you. Yeah, the a lot of the game. It depends on how it's set up, but a lot of games, um, unless it is sort of a pre-rendered background kind of thing that doesn't move, typically it's looking for you uh, in relation to the space around you, and there's sort of a an assumed floor, and if you're taller or shorter. Um, then it's going to make you taller or shorter within the game. So you have the ability to adjust. Like in my case, a lot of times I have to adjust it because I'm so short. Um, and then there are other games where instead it's set where like there's a, there's a set eye line 
regardless of how tall you are, the eye line is always going to match up with a certain spot relative to the headset, mm -hmm. and then everything is reacting directly to that. I would assume that with Batman, just thinking about the way that the gallery viewer works, I think that was more of an eye line thing because the characters lock onto your face and look at you as you're moving around the gallery view, regardless of height. So I'm assuming that's probably more of an eye line thing than it is a, uh, like a relative position to the floor kind of thing. But yeah, a lot of games let you, you know, adjust height in case your height isn't sufficient or is too tall. So, well, no, like yeah. I said, but what I'm saying here, this is not... You're saying it's automatically going to do it, but that's what I'm saying, is it, it will always automatically do it unless you go in and adjust, because the default is your height and your headset relative to where it has tracked where the camera is that's tracking the headset. Sure. I think I'm now more confused. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's Vader Immortal. Um, the, now, another thing that also kind of uh, threw me off was that uh, David Goyer is one of the writers on it. And he's garbage. So, you know, that kind of isn't exactly something I'm excited for. So, But other than that, um, we can move on to the next thing. Okay. All right. What is that? Well, let's. Uh, okay. Since we we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, do you want to talk about the the thing, the rage of the the con for a little bit? Me and then. Oh, yeah. You, sure. I don't know. Sure. So, so I mean, so I didn't go to celebration, obviously, as I said. Mm -hmm. And typically, whenever there is a con going on, if there is something that's exclusive that I'm very interested in or partially interested in. Uh, I have friends who are willing to go and see if they can get it um, since I'm not at the con, whether it's a signed book or an alternate cover book. I did that for folks with that exclusive Thrawn back at Celebration Orlando. And nothing really jumped out at me as, ooh, this is really awesome as an exclusive at Celebration, except then they announced that alternate sculpt Vader for Star Wars Legion, which would be the exact same game materials for Vader that you already have, but an alternate sculpt of the figure as a celebration exclusive. So basically, I just asked around, you know, hey, who else is going to celebration? Is there anybody who could pick this up for me? Not a big deal if you don't, but it'd be nice to be able to get one. So, you know, uh, let me know if you can. And I had a few people, including you, who were willing to uh, try to get their hands on it for me. And it turns out that it was basically impossible if you weren't in certain classes of individuals who were there, so to speak, um, to the point where it was essentially impossible to get. Mm -hmm. Except you could certainly jump on eBay starting on the very first day and find tons of them on eBay uh, with starting prices anywhere from about $150 to $300. So you knew they went to some people. Mm -hmm. They just tended to go to those who were going to turn around and resell them as opposed to those who were actually trying to get them for themselves. And granted, you can't police that, obviously, at least not um, if it's just a regular buying experience. You never know who's going to walk up and want to sell it on eBay. Um, but from what I, I'm understanding from you, there was a little more to it than that. Um, so, yeah, what made these so hard to get? Thankfully for me, since it was just a variant and I don't collect the little variant like uh, promo cards and stuff of like alternate art cards for the games like X-Wing and whatnot. I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. It just saved me some money and I'm not going to you know, worry about it in the future. But for someone who really was heavily wanting to get this for the game, apparently it was a nightmare. So what happened, why, what's the issue, and what do they need to fix uh, for this kind of thing going forward? 
Basically, they need to fire some jokers. That's my opinion. Um, they're okay. Look, let me, let me back this up. I, I want to be perfectly clear that uh, what I heard was the situation is not anything that I could 100% verify. However, I will say with everything that I witnessed and knowing how everything works, seeing how all of the other exclusives worked, um, and knowing the, the amounts of each of them, it seems to be the only likely scenario. And that is that, from what I heard, Fantasy Flight was selling... So they, they had a 100 uh, of these miniatures that they were selling a day. And I really feel like a hundred of them t- for for a, a game that is a you know like it's it's not it's it's a pretty expensive game right so it's not gonna be all the people you know that are um, attending celebration and everything for example all right like Hallmark put out a really cute eight bit Ahsoka pin really cute there's there's nothing like anybody who likes Ahsoka can jump on that and and they're totally fine you like like no big deal right this you basically are, are probably you know more than likely already have uh, some you know some of the game pieces and everything right and and that's where your interest lies so with that being said, you wouldn't think that there would be that many. Um, you'd think it would be relatively easy to get. However, this was, without a doubt, the hardest thing to get uh, that was not uh, lottery-based, like Funko or Lego um, or, or Hasbro. But like I said, you can't really count those because they were lottery-based, right? So, um, the like I said, the, the 8-bit Ahsoka didn't sell out nearly as fast like not even in the same ballpark like like it probably didn't sell out for like 20 minutes or something the um both times that i went and tried to to get this for you uh i went directly to the booth as soon as the uh the gate was open i rushed straight there and get to the end of the line, and then the guy goes, we're already sold out of the, the Legion Vader. Both times. So, literally, in within seconds, less than a minute. I mean, it's because the, the booth is right there at the front door, so it's not like, you know, I, I had a, a long trek across the, uh, the convention hall. It's right there. And so, like, the, the second time, I was irritated because... They they technically opened the um, the gate a little bit early that day, so I was able to get over there and and I asked the guy I'm like, how how did you sell out? I'm like you already have, um, I, I'm like it's not even, uh, what time did they open every day? I'm like like ten o'clock. I'm like it's not even ten o'clock yet. There's only thirty people online. Where'd the other seventy go? And he's just like laughs and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, people really want it. And I'm like, yeah, they really want some of these other exclusives as well. You just seem to be the only one having a hard time, you know, getting them for a lot of people. So it just, 
it really frustrates me. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, like I said, it's probably true. I, I was hearing that half of them so that they only actually had 50 because, you know, half of them they sold to uh, to the vendors every day. They would allow the vendors to buy them like multiples. And then, of course, you have the VIPs who get in a little bit early. And so then they would buy some. Um, that on top of they had the so of course celebration for anyone who doesn't know celebration has uh like this we'll call it like pin trading program it's basically what it is people who want to to get all of these pins go nuts for them and it's um they're character pins and you get some of them from blind packs you get some of them for trading with uh some of the staff you know just just things like that but also, you can get some from uh, some of the booths. Well, they had Sabine Wren. And the only way that you could actually get that is if you bought something from Fantasy Flight Games. Which, again, anybody can go and buy these, but not everybody's uh, going to be playing these games and stuff. So, what a lot of people were doing was just buying the uh, the Vader because they wanted the Sabine pen and oh people were doing that at celebration orlando with uh with that exclusive thrawn right um, because right. there was a pin attached to that one as well and they were getting the pin and then turning around and selling the thrawn novel right on ebay they were showing up on that first day as well yeah exactly and and that's that's problematic like tying those two things together where someone really just wants the one thing but they end up with both that really sort of hurts you know, it makes it harder for everyone. So right. now, can I ask you a question? Uh huh. You, so you said that there—that's from what you were hearing. Uh -huh. It was that they were allowing vendors to buy early, in right. essence, um, about half the stock. Now, when you say vendors, I'm assuming you just mean people who were vendors who happened to be there who just wanted to buy it, whether they were going to resell it or not. You're not talking about like handing it off to people knowing that they are definitely going to go and resell it. No, right? I like mean, it's not vendors as in terms of supplying a vendor per se. It's just the vendors happen to be the first people because maybe they were like, oh, well, you're going to be busy all day. So I'll give you a chance now. Otherwise, you'll never get a chance or nope, something. Nope. Nope. It's the other one. Because uh, that's the thing. The vendors actually get in an hour before anyone else. Um, so, so they can get there and go to any booth that they want, whatever. Um, specifically for reselling, but yes. And that's, that's what happens quite a bit. Some of some companies like say, for instance, um, uh, gosh, let me try to think a uh, gentle giant has actually in the past done things to try to stop that. So for instance, they started doing, um, lottery systems for their stuff where now, I don't think they did it this time, but they're also under new management now. Um, they've been bought by uh, Diamond Select. But what they used to would do is if anybody wanted stuff, they would do a lottery then. And so they said, oh, okay, well, you know, come at this time, you know, which would be like, I think, 15 minutes after the doors would open. And they're like, um, you know, wait, maybe it was... Um, I can't remember, but basically the point is what they would do is they would set it up so that they wouldn't even allow anybody to get anything until the the doors were definitely open. That way the vendors were stuck at their booths and they couldn't you know, basically undercut the the consumers. 
gotcha. from what I'm hearing, Fantasy Flight mm-hmm. went completely the other way. So, uh, and this does seem, and it, to be fair, mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked a lot before outside of Destiny about how Fantasy Flight typically has a very uh, consumer-friendly, player-friendly approach to most of the things that they do, whether it's the way that they uh, they sell uh, the materials for Imperial Assault, um, the idea of the conversion kits and whatnot. I mean, there are ways in which they have done things that made business sense while at the same time made sure that their, you know, their player base wasn't feeling screwed. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a very big departure, which makes me wonder if this was a decision made on site or if this is a decision made by, you know, higher ups and whatnot like like what level this decision was made on to do this assuming that this is the case and then it wasn't just somehow that a hundred magically disappeared amongst 30 people as far as you know was there a limit on how many of these that someone could buy like maybe the first person up there bought 60 of them uh, you know honestly i can't remember because i was just so mad about all the other stuff and everything so i can't remember if there was a limit on it um Seems like there was a limit of two, but I'm, I may be mistaken on that, to be 100% honest. I just, like I said, I was very frustrated with it. And the, and the thing is, like, I was getting it for you. I wasn't even getting it for myself. But it Yeah, was... you were more frustrated than I was, but that was because you were seeing the, you know, seeing it on the ground, so to speak. For me, it was yeah. sort of a, well, I'm... crap. Yeah, well, but, because I'm just like, well, that's, you know. that's crappy. That's not a way to treat people, you know? So, like... Yeah, I mean, I ended up not really losing out, but I, it caused me to lose a lot of faith in, in Fantasy Flight. Um, and, and like you said, maybe the, the people organizing this are different, but I don't know, man. I mean, they have, with the Fantasy Flight, the, the people who are there at the booths and everything are usually, you know, more of your higher-ups and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they, they tend to have everybody that shows up to to celebration Uh, at least that's the way it was back in anaheim so i don't know Uh, like i said maybe there's there's something wrong to it i don't want to say with 100 percent certainty without having you know any of the proof myself and i'm just going off of um what i heard from from other people but mm, it's it's like i can't see any other scenario you know what i'm saying like why why they were set like they're the only ones whose stuff was selling out every single day the moment the the convention floor was open like i I don't get it so to add a little bit of might call it like a tiny bit of fuel to a raging bonfire uh a raging forest fire perhaps um i gotta say that another thing that did kind of take me back a little bit but not as much with what fantasy flight did with celebration was that if you went to celebration you could already buy rise of the separatists and you could already buy allies and adversaries the two source books we've been waiting on for a while particularly rise of the separatists for the rpg that i think is probably a little more forgivable because you see that happen a lot with game companies they'll have early copies of games like at gen con and then the retail shipments go out shortly thereafter and then come the product you know it's they have a limited amount that they're able to to get to a convention or something that's from sort of the first express shipped load and then the rest of it takes the slow freight and gets to the stores um but it is a little bit frustrating because here we are it's after celebration they announced rise of the separatists i believe months before allies and adversaries allies and adversaries arrived in the mail to me today Mm -hmm. i still don't have rise of the separatists 
Um, mm. And I pre-ordered it immediately after it was announced. Um, so it's one of these things where it's totally understandable just because it's the way it usually works. But it does mean that those who pre-ordered, you know, who pre-order some of these games are now the ones that are still sitting here waiting on them. Whereas if you were at Celebration or if you bought from a scalper at Celebration, you could already have it in your hands. Um, I had a great, uh, a, a great uh, way of describing this. I, at least I think it was great. Um, it was great. It was terrific uh, on my Facebook page, which was that if you ever want to cosplay as a scalper, all you need to do is hold a product in one hand and wear a poop emoji costume <laughs> because you are a piece of. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's very frustrating, but you know. It, it is what it is, I suppose. My my thing is like it's bad enough with with the scalpers, right? Um, like like that's frustrating. But to me, when it seems like the um, uh, you know the the companies are making it easier for them to do it, that's a harder pill to swallow. So you know, it is what it is. Um, I I was very frustrated with it. It it kind of makes me. I mean, basically, it causes me to not want to um, be so forgiving of Fantasy Flight, you know? So, uh, I, I guess it's, you know, one of those things where I, I feel like I've always, um, you know, chosen to go, oh, okay, well, you know, but they, they always try to do good for the fans, and now I'm just like, eh, they're a company. <laughs> they screwed up, so whatever you know they if they do something good we'll mention it. if they do something bad we'll mention it equally um so i don't know it just moving on so, <laughs> you know I, the the other game news that um I, I know about for sure was the um jedi fallen order i, I did get to attend that as well now that one looks pretty cool. Uh, even if you are playing as uh, Jerome slash the brother of Alasco uh, from Gotham as the hero, which will just be a little bit uh, on the creepy side, but that looks well. I mean, really isn't he good. the Joker I... in Gotham? Isn't that who he is? Yeah, he's Joker in yeah, Gotham. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So and he uh, he's Joker, and you could tell that this was a respawn game. I just started playing uh, uh, because of seeing the footage of Jedi Fallen Order, I finally started playing Titanfall 2 that I've owned for a while and have yet to actually play. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm getting back into the respawn spirit, and you can see parts of that uh, CGI pre-rendered trailer thing where you're like, yep, yep, it's respawn, he's running on a wall. It's uh, <laughs> very Titanfall. So yeah, this one I'm actually really excited for, especially given some of the assurances they seem to have given us um, about the nature of the game microtransactions or not and that sort of thing so uh what's the rundown for jedi fallen order which should excite everyone so the the main thing that i, that I do want to say we actually saw no gameplay right um i did notice that and they did say though what we saw um was actually generated like in engine so uh you know, I, I'm not saying 100 percent this that this is what that means, but I felt like they were at least trying to lead us to to believe that hey, this is what the gameplay graphics are going to look like. Um, we'll see with that, but uh, you know, we we didn't exactly get any gameplay, and that's you know, take that for what it is, I suppose. 
but they did describe a lot of it. And honestly, the way they were describing it, the best way that I would explain this game, um, and and I hope I'm just not getting my hopes up in, in, in doing so, but it's very much felt like they're just like, okay, like, you remember Knights of the Old Republic? I'm sorry. You remember, um, you know, Jedi Outcast? Yeah. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. Well, you remember uh, Force Unleashed? Yeah. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. What if they were, like, mashed into one game? Well, that would be awesome. Well, that's Jedi Fallen Order. That's that's kind of how... <laughs> which, which would be a perfect corporate way of doing it, right? <laughs> if it's not the, how do we monetize the hell out of this, it's what's worked before that we can mash together because we don't want to take any risk with something new. Which I'm uh, fine with. That would be a cool that's, mashing together. Yeah, I'm fine. Do that. I don't care. Like, that's fine. I, Chocolate know, and peanut butter, yeah, baby. Chocolate I feel and like, peanut butter. Look, here's the thing. I feel like so many fans are like, you just need to give me something completely brand new and has never been thought of before, or I'm going to just completely crap all over it. That's fine. At no. which point somebody then says, uh, why did you stray so far from the formula? This isn't Star Wars. Yeah. And and I'm like, no, I'm fine with, like, I'll take something that, that isn't super new. Is it fun? D- am I going to enjoy it? Cool. You took it from stuff that I liked before. Sweet, thank you. Thank you for going. People like chocolate. People like peanut butter. Boom. Here you go. You're welcome. Thank you. You know, like I just yeah, g- give me give me the stuff I like, all right? Don't try to give me like steamed broccoli or something and be like, "Ooh, I subverted your expectations." Well, I'm about to subvert your ass on the street. You know, like I just sorry. I'm 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 getting into rant territory here, but it, like, yeah, it it looks really fun. It looks really cool. One thing that, so they didn't say, but they basically said was that the lightsaber is going to change over the the course of the game, which could be interesting. Like if if That'd maybe cool. it's. Yeah, like it, it it modifies and upgrades or something like that. That you could, could be do really that cool. with um. You could do that with the lightsaber and, and some of your stats in the Force Unleashed. It's just that graphically, I don't think you ever were able to actually see anything other than the blade color changing. Right. Like you couldn't see the hilt changing or anything. Right. Right. Very cool though, because that's that's much more like an RPG type of mm-hmm. of style. You know what I want to see? Speaking of the lightsaber, what? That? And I know that I would probably shell out for it and then be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Um. I would love to see them do some type of limited edition where this time it's not buy another console because <laughs> you already own six of them or something <laughs> like that because you already bought them every time we've done a console exclusive. But actually do something where it's like, you know, the, the collector's edition of the game is the game plus DLC if there is going to be a plus blah, 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 plus a replica of the lightsaber. That would right? be very see, cool. Like, yeah. Little statues yeah. and stuff. That would be awesome. Give us that. Don't give us, hey, you going to play this on PS4? How about you buy another PS4 again? Because that ship sailed already, and it wasn't all that 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 well done when it came to the way that they dealt with it for Battlefront, like we've talked about before. So, well, for Battlefront too, give I'll... us the lightsaber. That lightsaber mm-hmm. looks that lightsaber looks like you could stab somebody with it and kill them, even if you had the blade off. Oh yeah, yeah, that back end looks all janky <laughs> and tetanusy. <laughs> but um, now I will say, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say tetanusy? Yeah. 
Okay, just making sure. This is a gaming podcast for a second. I thought you said Tetrisy, and then I realized you were talking about needing a shot. Right, right. So now the other thing I will say too, with with the upgrades, and they may still do it later because it, it seems like the whole um, like oh you can you can get it with the gaming system comes a little later. Um, but currently, you can pre-order the game and get a Black Series figure with it, which... A Black um, Series figure of the, uh, the main character, or...? Maybe? Oh, so it's just a, it's just a general... It's a Black well, Series Well, no, no, character. no, I, I they think did it's... That with, they did that with just a generic Inferno Squad member that didn't actually match the other Inferno Squad members, as I recall, but that was a GameStop thing that wasn't tied into a pre-order. It was just available only at GameStop for that game. So you're saying this will actually be essentially a pre-order bonus attached to the game. We just don't know who the character is. So let me just double check it. Uh, of course, my internet. I know now GameStop like... did that for Inferno Squad, but it was not. Well, like, yeah, you didn't but have they to just pre-order it to get it. You just right. got you just bought the figure separately. Right. Um, and then pretended it was one of the members of the team because it didn't quite look exactly right. Well, it was. It was. Uh, it's supposed sin. to be Aiden, but I don't think it was Aiden. No, it was Sin. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember Mark complaining about it, and maybe Mark's wrong. I'm just joking. It's, uh, but, because uh, it, it doesn't, it, I mean, he is right. It doesn't look like any of the main three. So that's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, it's, it's Sin, the dead one. Spoilers! Spoilers! For an, an older book. So I guess that's okay. Right. And everybody who just played the game is like, who the hell is Sin? Exactly. <laughs> hey, man, I don't care. That, that book was freaking awesome. That, that's true. That is, it was a good book. Um, so just so we saw no gameplay, uh-huh. but from what I'm understanding, they said single player story, um, which which I'm sure just grinds the gears somewhere within EA when they've said that that kind of game doesn't sell. Um, but single player story, right, uh, as the focus, and that they're not was it that they're not doing microtransactions at all, or are they saying that there's because because the there was reportage coming out saying that they had confirmed no microtransactions there, and to me with EA that sounds very unlikely it sounds much more like they would have said something like no gameplay affecting but only cosmetic or something but so none? so they said they came out and they did this like um you know of course they're like now applaud us for doing the thing we should have done the whole time they came out and they specifically said um they said it is a for, or they said uh, a single player only game and no microtransactions and then everyone's like oh my god <laughs> and i was it's like, like it's like when sony came out after the announcement of xbox one and came out and said and you could just let your friend borrow your game <laughs> right and right. everybody was like oh my god <laughs> right right but this is kind of different, though, because it, it's almost like Microsoft come out and, you know, it'd be the equivalent of Microsoft being like, well, but this time on this system, you can just, you know, swap games. You won't do it like what we've done all the time oh, in the like, past. Yeah, yeah, because it was sort of a mea culpa of having done it before. I, I, I right, hear you. right. I hear you. So, uh, so it makes me wonder, though. So so what's the I and mean, what's the monetization hook for them? I mean, it can't just be as simple as. We're just going to sell you the game, the end. So surely, I mean, are you expecting um, DLC packs of some kind? It will go back to that original model of if you want more content for the game, you buy it a la carte as it comes around, or you buy a season pass as opposed to microtransactions. Because if they say no microtransactions, microtransactions do not necessarily preclude DLC, which are two different beasts in terms of uh, the gaming 
business world mindset, even if they're both monetization forms. Did yeah. we hear anything about that? No, because I think that, and and that's exactly what I was thinking at the time. I was like, oh, are you going to do this? And be like, we said no microtransactions. We didn't say no, um, you know, no, uh, dang it, now I forgot, like no season pass or whatever. In-game purchases and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, that, that, they're, that they're, we're dumping the Battlefront 2 model to go back to the Battlefront 1 model. You know, just, it just, it just made me wonder, although I would probably pay... Uh, for a DLC that would allow you to play as Joker versus Batman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe make a make an enemy out of whoever it is that plays Bruce Wayne on Gotham so I can mercilessly slash his poorly acting butt to pieces. That is another thing I wonder is, and you said we saw no gameplay, which is unfortunate. I wonder how they're dealing with lightsabers because that's always been a thing. Making lightsabers seem like they're lightsabers and not light sticks or light bats. So they actually have the kind of effects that they should have. And we saw that kind of an evolution of that slowly but surely through games, uh, like getting into the latter, the Force Unleashed game. But it's always been kind of a weird thing. How do you how do you not just make this the ultimate invincible, like it slashes everything apart and it's just dead kind of weapon? Um, so it'd be interesting to see that. I'm assuming, because it said November, so should we assume probably, what, E3? We'd actually see some some gameplay, you think? That, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, they're they're definitely going to want to get on that because, I mean, this game comes out in November, so right yeah. around the time you can subscribe to Disney Plus. Yep, yep. Man. Which of course we will subscribe to because absolutely you know, Mandalorian. I, why can't I do it now, Nate? Why can't what? I subscribe right now to Disney Plus? Yes. Doesn't it not exist yet? Well. N- Sure, but you can always subscribe earlier, um, like early before they they do. But why can't I do it now? I don't know. I don't know. I just I I, I I I'm just thrown back to remembering CBS All Access, where it was like where it was like sign up for CBS All Access and you can watch Star Trek Discovery, and everybody's like, oh, you're launching a new service, and Star Trek Discovery is going to help launch it. And everybody's like, no, we we've been around for a while. We just suck. <laughs> Discovery is what's going to get you to actually buy a subscription <laughs> good luck Which is so basically anyhow what happened um and i jumped onto that one i'll definitely be jumping onto this one um and may i say while the while the mandalorian is up on our radar uh-huh. may i say a big f you to whoever it was who decided that if you were watching at home or even at the convention on a stream you weren't going to be allowed to see any of the footage yeah Kiss that was my wookie well, you, that's you, that's some serious crap. You, Although, thankfully, there were that I, I think John Favreau kind of knew that that was about to happen, uh-huh. um, and that's why he didn't say like like he said the whole thing about you know don't worry uh, at, at home you're going to see a blank screen but we'll be right back. But I kind of think it was almost tongue in cheek that he waited until after the first thing aired to then say oh and by the way I was supposed to tell you not to record it. Right. Because that is the only way that you can see any of the three pieces of footage. Either the trailer, the clip, or the behind-the-scenes thing for Mandalorian from Celebration, mm-hmm. which is just asinine yeah. to me. I get, oh, it's it's proprietary for Disney+. Plus. Well, don't you want people to be interested to subscribe? Wouldn't you want people to see previews that you've made instead of having to pay before you see the previews? You're idiots. Um, no. Uh, anyway, nay, you have the floor. Nay. It was, it was very wrong of people to video that and and put it out there on Twitter and other various places um so that people could watch it those those people should be shamed 
this message brought to you by. And usually I would say that. Though. Usually I would say, you know, bootleg bad. Well, I did. But I, this is one of these things where it was just kind of like that was just. You, did they not learn their lesson last time? What was it? Was it the Force Awakens or was it Rogue One? It was Rogue One, wasn't it? Where they pulled the same crap initially, and that was something that I don't think ever actually wound up being seen publicly afterwards. I don't recall that being the case with Star Wars, but maybe I'm mistaken. There was at least one of the movie panels that had a video that they did not allow streamers to see and I forget which one it was but I don't think I don't think it was I try to remember if cuz cuz I guess it would have to have been the celebration has there been a celebration since Orlando? Nope. Aside from so there wasn't like a European one. No, no. Okay, so that would have been the I guess the one which was a European one I think right before Orlando then. So it yeah, it would have been Rogue One where they pulled that kind of crap. Um and you're just sitting there like at home um, um i have but, no idea but um okay. but i i, I think Fair. i should make it clear because um I, I thought you were going to pick up on it but um i was i was one of those people who videoed it oh for... you were one of those people yeah. okay well there you go yeah there you go see i was i was i was thinking that you were going for the uh the uh corporate kind of line the, uh, no no that's that's terrible but i, I am i am, as someone who's a, a a collector of star wars home video stuff for me bootlegs are kind of a particular point of of frustration um bootleg anything um so to to have that have but that being the only way is almost a holiday special type of moment right it's the only way to yeah. have seen it um unless you were actually in the room where it happened so to speak um to to, to pull some hamilton there so i mean it looks awesome I mean, Mandalorian looks great. Um, Clone Wars season seven looks great, even though they called it uh, season what six, I think, in the little um, ticker underneath things whenever they did the live stream. But then they confirmed that that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really get to see much in terms of looking ahead to the next season of Resistance. Uh, we have, of course, the Rise of Skywalker trailer. There's a lot of really good, um, you know, video-based Star Wars stuff that's coming. So yeah, Disney Plus is definitely going to be a. Uh, a, a, a purchaser thing uh, in November, right alongside Jedi Fallen Order, which is how we got on that topic. Right. So back to Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> um, so, so there's a couple cool things. The The main villain of it will be the second sister. Do you know who that is? Yep. And oh. that is a character who was introduced in the Darth Vader, Dark Lords of the Sith um, comic. That's as right. As one of the Inquisitors. Although not created for the comic and then used in the game. It was uh, created for the game and then they seeded her into the comic. Uh, so the opposite of what happened with the Imperial Raider slash Corvus for uh, Inferno Squad slash Battlefront 2. Really? Okay. Well, hmm. Um... And they, they talk about it. They talk about it on the panel about how, you know, like, look, and here's her design. Look how cool she is. What was she from? Well, she actually was introduced uh, because we introduced her into the comic specifically from this. They mentioned it on the panel. Yeah, which she is, was, but do, I don't know. Which is a good thing that they do. They That's something that they've been really good. One of the things they've actually been really good at um, when it comes to some of the stuff in the new canon is seeding things that they know are going to show up in the stories that usually matter, which mm-hmm. are the movies and the TV stuff. Um, they'll seed into the comics or the books beforehand so that it seems like oh i've seen this before yeah um, but I, i'll places. tell you i'll tell you though i don't think that's i mean i, I can find out for with 100 percent certainty but i don't think that's exactly how it happened though that's 
that's the way they. Well, I mean, and, and, well, you know, I know that you, you've probably talked to the to the author, but I, I'm yeah. I'm positive that's how they said it. Yeah. On the yeah. panel, they in the panel they basically said she shows up there because she was coming up in this game and we were able to put yeah. her there. Like, like they definitely worked with Charles. More, so you're thinking it's much more like, here's a character now here. So the character was going to be in both. And just, just, that was when they decided, Oh, this is going to be the same character and created a link as opposed to it being a, you will use this character kind of thing. Yeah. I don't, I, I, th- I think that it was, um, I think it was sort of collaborated, but I don't think it was so much that they handed it to Charles and they're like, here, make this work. You know, um, I don't think that's the case, but, um, you know, but they did have, you know, I mean, he introduced, uh, her in that. And then he also introduced the purge troopers, which will also be in the game. Um, and they look cool. They look like, um, some of the, I think they were called, uh, jump troopers or whatever. They, they look like the, the, the clones that I don't really even know how to explain it, but, um, they were called, they were called like jump troopers or, or something like that. Um, but uh, the Purge Troopers, basically, their whole thing is that, because, of course, the galaxy's so big, anytime there's rumblings of a Jedi, they're sort of the first responders. And then um, if they do end up making contact with a Jedi, then the, uh, you know, the, the uh, Inquisitors will show up. And now these are, it'll be interesting to see how they design these, um, because as I recall, they look a lot like... Um, I mean, now correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure either they look a lot like or they are the same type of troopers as what we saw with Commander was it Bragg um, in uh, Uprising, right? Um, which itself was a name that was taken from a type of trooper that we saw in um, one of the Force Unleashed games with those dark clad troopers. So it's not an original trooper concept, from what I can tell. But it is something where we haven't seen much of them. I don't think Purge Troopers are brand new to this one. At least it's not seeming so. But I couldn't really make out specifics in what little I saw on the stream of the the images of them. Well, again, like I said, they were also in uh, Charles's comic. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, they, they pre-existed. Okay. Right, gotcha. right. So, and, and this one thing that I thought was really cool, they actually had um, two guys or I suppose could be uh, women, but basically they did have two people come out wearing the, uh, the purge trooper costumes. And they had like those uh, shock staffs, which was really, really cool. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I thought so. I liked it, but what do I know? Um, <clears throat> so anyhow, I mean that that pretty much covers it. Uh they also introduced the new little droid uh whose name I can't really remember right now but he looks very uh interesting cuz he looks like basically someone shrunk down the legs of a ATST but they didn't quite work right so they're like oh well let's you know scale some uh astromech legs you know, we'll put those on the hips and he needs a head. So, oh, here's, here's a pair of macro binoculars. Boom. Droid it up. That's, that's what he looked like to me. Which I is... thought it looked all right, but the droid, the droids announced at, at this celebration were just odd. Like they showed the droid for, for, um, rise of Skywalker 
Uh-huh. And when it came on stage, you could tell that people were all like, is this a gag mm-hmm. or is this for real? I'm not really sure. So we're not sure if we should be clapping or laughing, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, like, that's that's fine. Not really sure why we need this, but okay, you know, we don't want to... Uh, BD-1 is the name of that, the the droid that uh, is in Fallen Jedi. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... That, that droid that you're talking about is Dio, and I, I posted this on Twitter because I haven't seen anyone else saying it, but it, he looks like a trumpet mute. Like his head is like it's very, um, what would you say, canonical? Is that a word? Conical. Sure. Uh, but, Cone-like, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Conical. But yeah, conical. but specifically, like where the colors are, and then he's got like these things and everything. Like like look up trumpet mute or or just horn mute, um, because they all look about the same. But I'm just like, what the crap? Like, is that a horn mute riding around on a little like mechanical unicycle? So I don't. I mean, my thing is like, <clears throat> I'm very excited from what we got. Uh, I guess optimistically, ex- or not optimistically, um, cautiously optimistic is probably the right word uh, ab- about the rise of Skywalker. But that droid is doing zero for me. I, I really feel like, you know, and, and hey, it, maybe we'll see like, oh, okay, now I see why he's here. But I'm just like, why do you exist? Like, and, and some of that may be because my my biggest complaint with the sequel trilogy, like I, I loved The Force Awakens, but I've always said, I'm like, I love The Force Awakens, but I will never forgive J.J. Abrams for putting R2-D2 under a tarp. You know, so my feeling is that, like, why do we need a new droid when R2 has been backseated for this entire trilogy? Maybe R2 is just being put out to pasture like, you know, the OT characters are. Yeah, that doesn't make me any happier of the situation. We'll get to a point where the only characters are still around are C-3PO, R2-D2, and Palpatine. Well, I mean, sounds like... I don't know if Leia makes it to the end of this movie or not, yeah. given the given the the footage they were able to use versus what they would never have been able to film. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but oh my god, we'll see. What up? The laugh isn't Palpatine; it's R two D two, who's been inhabited by the spirit of Palpatine, and he's showing a hologram of Palpatine laughing. That is ridiculous. Um, oh, fine, fine. We subvert expectations in the last film, but we can't in this one. Well, that's because we have J.J. Abrams. If if it was Ryan Johnson, then I would say that it might be a valid um, theory, but I don't think J.J. is going to go that route. Do you want to know, actually, uh, a, a little theory that I have? Sure. So, you know that, um, like, we, and we were talking about the whole um, uh, Dark Empire earlier. Now, my understanding is that um, George actually had more input in that than he did the uh, the Thrawn novels, um, and which I mean, it's been said many times that you know he's always been more uh, interested in, in the comics than the uh, the books because they're more of a visual medium. Well, 
if you remember, and, and, and granted, like I've been kind of thinking, because people are like, well, how is Palpatine back? And uh, I'm like, I'm thinking that this may be a cloning situation, and I, I won't go into any anything else, but I'm, but I'm thinking it based on something else that we have seen that's kind of spoilery, but is still sort of my own speculation on that. So I won't say any more there, but because I'm thinking spoilers, if you remember... Uh, remember when Matt Smith was supposed to be in this movie? Um, vaguely. Right, and then you think he looks like a young McDermott or something? I'm wondering if they're not going to have, and and I would I would be cool with it. Maybe others wouldn't like it, but what if they had, um, Ian McDermott voicing like doing the voice, but it's actually like Matt Smith actually portraying the young uh, like a younger emperor because bow ties are cool that would be very <laughs> awesome I would, um i would love to see matt smith in this um i'm not it seems odd to me mm-hmm. but then again the idea of him being back at all seems kind of odd to me although it's funny because in watching return of the jedi uh now it feels different than watching it when Legends was the dominant official continuity for Star Wars because mm-hmm. I always sort of took the whoosh, you know, of the of the air and everything and the exhaust or whatever when Palpatine gets, you know, tossed in the hole, um, tossed down the shaft. I always looked at that as, ooh, that's kind of like his spirit must be escaping with that to eventually wind up in the clone body. And, of course, with canon, that hasn't been a thing. So... It's just exhaust or something, right? Um, so the idea that that could all of a sudden be, you know, part of this as well is kind of intriguing. Um, it's interesting that I guess I think back to the stuff that Lucas had said and that people like Mark Hamill had said about the sequel trilogy years ago, like in Time Magazine and such. And I don't remember Palpatine being mentioned as a returning villain. Uh huh. So much as the whole thing about how it's going to be a turnaround where it's basically the uh, the parents' generation has to somehow save the soul of the child generation because it's the child going to the dark side. So basically the, the Kylo Ren Ben Solo thing. Um, I don't remember hearing anything about Palpatine, but it could just be that I was so fixated on the whole dynamic of generations that it may have slipped by. Maybe Lucas at some point talked about back before he denied there was ever going to be nine. Mm-hmm. Um that maybe at one point you talked about, you know, Palpatine being this villain that's that runs throughout the entire um, nine as part of his third plan for the films. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I think that another option would be, and I've seen this elsewhere. It's not exactly an original thought for me. We do have the things like uh, the the guy in because they're seeding things into the Darth Vader comic. We have uh, the Darth. Uh, who designed Vader's castle, basically, who um, who was trapped within his own helmet, um, mm-hmm. his spirit sort of attached to it, uh, uh, the way that you would see in a lot of like horror movies and stuff like that, the, the evil spirit attached to the physical object that was important to him. Um, some people have suggested, you know, well, maybe it's Palpatine somehow connected to the Death Star or something, because we do see um, the Death Star 2 in the trailer, uh, or it seems to be the Death Star 2, the remnants of it. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like as long as we, they're going to the Death Star and they're not looking for the glove of Darth Vader to give to Trioculus, I think we'll be in fairly good shape. I'm I'm all for it. And they say make it happen. But uh anyhow, I think um I think that's pretty much all we're gonna be able to hit on this episode. But uh we may do a, like a follow up episode here. Um 
for too long. It kind of hits some of the other things, because I know there's still plenty of stuff to talk about, like, for instance, uh, that flame trooper in the Mandalorian. What, what? And X-Wing Wave 5 being announced, and all the other news that we'll actually be able to hold off for an episode to actually talk about some news, because there's actual news this time. Whatever, screw you, Fantasy Flight. So, um... <laughs> bitter, bitter, <laughs> a little bit of bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you can, uh, of course, find us on pretty much all the channels, uh, you know, Cloud City Casino, Facebook, Twitter, Cloud City Casino at uh, gmail.com. Go uh, hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a review. Subscribe. You can find me on um, Twitter at just uh, Morris Isley. And Nate can be found at several places. And those are... Uh, you can find my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash chrono radio. That's where you're going to find stuff like Fantasy Flight Games products and whatnot as they come in. I do the quick snapshots of them, including allies and adversaries sometime in the near future. Uh, you can find my book, A Saga on Home Video, a fan's guide to U.S. Star Wars home video releases on Amazon. You can find Star Wars Beyond the Films that I host with Mark Herleman on starwarsreport.com right alongside Cloud City Casino. Uh, and surely there's all kinds of social media channels, but those are the big ones. And my son is over here like, <laughs> come on, daddy. That's too much already. So I'll just cut it there. <laughs> All right. And uh, there's really nothing else to be said after that besides... Let the Wookiee win. to be a vendor and buy stuff early in which case beat his hairy butt that's right you shave that wookie and you throw him on the streets where he belongs catch hypothermia in chicago freezing weathers you imagine wookie the news things. report on that naked <laughs> wookie found in chicago <laughs> what well, you can find my YouTube channel where I've got videos of a bunch of the uh, Fantasy Flight stuff and other games and whatnot. And he's he's started crying as you were talking, so it's going to take a second for him to calm the f***ing truth down. Here, let me pick you up, dude. I'll hold you while we finish, okay? Come here. Come here. Uh-oh. Oh, come here. To Uncle Mikey, I don't like you getting mad at Fantasy Flight. <laughs> they still make quality products. I'm I miss Armada, Mikey. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's try this. All right. <laughs> All right now, buddy. All right. <laughs> so basically, um, I just asked 
online. Hey, is anybody going to be able to be at Celebration? You feel like you're going to you know, have a chance to pick this up? If so, be happy to reimburse you or whatever. Um, oh, man. You okay? You okay, Spitty Smitty? Okay, he's, he's about ready to fall back asleep. He's got, um, with him teething, he has like uh -huh. excess saliva. So oh, he winds okay. up sometimes choking on his own saliva a little bit. Okay, let me say it again. So basically, I just asked, you know, hey, who else going to celebration? And, God damn. You just do not want me to talk about this. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is funny. It's every, every time. time. It's every, every time. time. <laughs> it's like sitting back going, you you just talked about having friends. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. That is funny, though. Yeah. Let's see. Can we do it this time, buddy, you think? Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, for yep, yep. sake. <laughs> what? <laughs> Off. <laughs> what are you talking about? My, I'm on my MacBook, so when my phone rings, it rings on the MacBook. Oh, okay. This party's over.